there, mother lovers. This is Elena Turley, your host, and welcome to the Unboxable Podcast, a place for mothers who are seeking holistic health and maybe a new way to look at a few things. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, Leone. Welcome to the Unboxable Podcast. How are you? Hi, Elena. Good. It's so nice to be on someone else's podcast. So yeah. thank you for having me. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So I would love to hear you describe to me who you are, how you define that, however you want to define that, where you are and what you love to do. Yeah. So I am a mum of two toddler boys, Noah and Charlie. So four and nearly three years old, actually. So yeah, they're getting on in their old age of toddler (laughs) toddler years. I am based in Melbourne. And as you know, I have a podcast, which you have been on, um, which was such a fantastic episode um, where you were so raw and honest about your journey as a parent. So um, that was fantastic. I am also a property developer by day, podcaster by night and um yeah just do uh, do a little bit of coaching as well and so yeah the oh. juggle is certainly real as you could probably appreciate yeah I'm curious to to find out do you get people saying to you all the time how do you do all those things how do you do all of that what what's your answer Always. I I get get, that too. Do you? Yeah. Get organized. I guess I'm probably more an implicitly organized person and I structure works well for me. Uh, Has a shadow side as well, because when you have too much structure and then things get out of control, you lose it. You don't know what to do with yourself, Uh, but it has a positive side as well. So I think get organized. I don't know. What do you think? I love how organized you are. It's interesting. It's changed for me. I've gone more sort of surrender to chaos. I'm on the other side now. As a child, I was super organized Mm. and I've always been really good at organizing other people, but I've actually become more fluid and creative as I've gotten older Mm. and it's changed for me. So I yearn for organization and structure, but I kind of have just gone you know what, I've got too many children for that at the moment and too many variables, you know, um, and I found it was stressing me out trying to keep it all under control. So I just kind of threw it all up in the air. Mm. And I look at the way like, because he's funny, right? So Leonie, you emailed me about a week or two weeks ago and said, right, what do I need for the podcast? Is there anything I need to do to prepare? And I was like, oh my God, this lady is so onto it. It is awesome. <laughs> and I think I sometimes appear that way, but actually. I'm not like if I showed you, you know, what was on my desk or was, yeah. I've actually gone chaos. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like I've oh. evolved differently to how I expected to. Now yeah. I'd love to know from you, like how have things changed for you as a mother? How do things change? How do you evolve in that context? Yeah, look, motherhood was really jarring for me, particularly because I'm that type A, organized, dot the T's, cross the I's, make sure everything, you know, at, you know, is perfect to, you know, a recovering perfectionist, I'd like to say now, but, you know, it, and I know where that's come from. And that's pretty much, obviously, depending on your childhoods and the dynamics that you had in the family. Um, I lived in a, a, a family, you know, my parents 
came to this country. My mum was born here originally, but at the age of five, left, left and went to Greece. Um, my dad's from Africa. Uh, they both came here as adults with very little money and a big dream to build a life for themselves. And so my duty as the eldest child was really to keep things, you know, just be the good girl. Don't add to the stress. We've got an already very stressful situation. They were trying to build a business. Um, they've got a property development business now, but money was very tight, you know, and don't get in the way. So what could I do to, to be the good girl? get organized, make sure everything is just so, so that no one can say, well, you should have known that, or why didn't you bring your school bag or what happened? How did you forget that? Now you're causing stress for the family. So it is amazing how, you know, you do things as a survival mechanism, I guess, as, yeah. as we are young and how that filters through to your adult life. And so when it came to children and parenthood, you can't really organize children. Like you can't organize your baby. You can't determine when it's going to wake and when it's going to sleep. And I felt really, really out of control. And I think that is definitely the cause for, I actually had prenatal depression. I felt out of control during my pregnancy. I had postnatal depression and that is for both children. And so, yeah. it, you know, some of that you wonder if it's your system and the way you, but I know a lot of it fundamentally is because of my character and I felt so out of control. Yeah, that would have been so hard, Leone. I really, I, I mean, thanks for telling us. And I'd love to know what evolved, what happened from that. So you find yourself, you're in a position where you find yourself out of your depth, the things that have worked for you in the past are not working for you. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, firstly, you push on and you get angry and you, so what I realized, it was interesting with prenatal, I felt so out of control because I wasn't sure how I was going to plan when and organize my life when the baby came. So, the so unknown. much anxiety. Exactly. So what's that going to look like? Oh God, like my life is kind of somewhat under control. And so, I mean, I say this, you know, very openly and I speak about this a lot. However, I, it should, you know, it goes without saying I was extremely grateful to be pregnant and I love my children to bits. However, yeah. yes, from my personality trait. Um, so what came with that was a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of sorrow, a lot of not wanting to get up in the morning, but pushing because I, you know, I'm a no excuses kind of gal. So getting up, getting stuff done, but really feeling dead inside. That's how I felt during my pregnancy. When the baby came, I was like, great, I'm going to start controlling things. And I couldn't, it actually came up as anger for me. So I yeah. was so angry and it's not, there was a day that I was angry and then the next day I was fine. Like this was a consistent thread of yeah. anger. And yeah. that's why I didn't think it was depression. Cause I was like, oh no, depression's what I had before where you're like lying in bed and you feel sorry for yourself and all the mm -hmm. things. Anger's not depression. Anger's just, you know, cause I'm losing control, but really it was a form of depression as well. Hmm. Did you have rage? Did you have that mum rage oh, yes. going on? Yeah. Can you relate? Have you experienced oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really intense. And it. I don't think it's it's an either or thing. I think you can have absolute love for your family and be incredibly grateful and actually happy mm. with your life. Today's episode is brought to you by the Soul Mama Membership. It is a safe space online for mothers, and it is specifically created for women to access a community, a nurturing community that provides gentle accountability and encourages you to walk step-by-step, -step, small choice by small choice towards a holistic and healthy lifestyle. 
It really just allows you to become more relaxed, have more fun, and show up as the best mum and human possible. Visit www.soulmamahub.com. That's S-O-U-L-M-A-M-A-H-U-B. Nice one, ladies. Yep. And still have these huge feelings coming up. And I often say that motherhood, and I say motherhood and I mean the moment, you become pregnant or even think about becoming pregnant sometimes is when you start that evolution towards motherhood. It's not only with birth. Okay. So even if you've had infant loss, even if you've had, you're still a mother. And I think that if any of that, those points along that trajectory of evolution as a mother, Mm. you can often feel so many things at once. You can feel that gratitude. You can feel that love. You can feel like objectively my life is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm really fucking pissed off Mm -hmm. and I'm really angry and you don't always know why. Mm. It's so true. And I think the not knowing why made me angrier and Mm. probably there was a shadow of guilt there. Like, come on, what's wrong with you? Get on with it. Like you've got a healthy baby. Like, you know, why are you feeling it? The critical voice comes in kind of trying to rationalize it all and you can't. And then you're trying to put on the mask so that you look happy. And then there's guilt because of blah. And like, there's so many mixed emotions, as you said, and you just feel like you're like, you don't, I didn't have control. Here's me, the control freak. I didn't have control over my emotions, let alone my day let alone everything and so for a good year mm. I just felt like a shadow of myself that'd be really hard and also mm. when you say I'm a no excuses girl you know you've got that training got that conditioning yeah. to be tough and to keep going no matter what and there's not a lot of space in there for mm. feelings that have right. no reason you know what oh, I mean yeah. like it's uh, sort of what do I do with that it doesn't fit in with my idea of who I am or my idea of my life you know that's exactly right so what did you yeah. do How did you navigate that? So I think firstly, it was recognizing it. When I was in it for a while, I just stayed in it and I was just my angry self and, um, you know, masking it with friends and, oh, everything's so delightful. You know, door would slam and I'd be like rage again. Um, And then I think it got to a point where, it was probably a product of my environment where a year on, okay, I'm starting to get into the swing of things a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit more structure in my life. So that's giving me a level of relief. Uh, Plus I'm realizing that I can't be this way anymore. I've, you kind of hit a point where you're like, it's not sustainable. I'm I'm not liking who I am. My poor husband, my poor, you know, mum and dad, and those who were closest to me that I felt open enough to be honest with, like, you know, and so you do the little things, right. And this is what a lot of psychologists have told me. You remember what kept you grounded to begin with, what gave you the joy. And you try to carve out, even if it's a few minutes of day, a day to do those things. So for me, it was the going for a run bit, which, you know, obviously, after giving birth you can't do that I love really high intensity exercise so again was was unable to do that in the early months however down the track was able to get back into that it's the listening to the podcast it's the listening to the audiobook it's the calling a friend and and being really um you know strategic around how you do this because if you think I'll do that and it's not really high priority you'll never do it so it's actually saying today what is the thing I'm going to do for myself and it might be for five minutes, but those little nuggets of time, I think really help you grow into your yourself as a person. I don't know. How, how did you find it when you were struggling? I think it's been three different stories with three different children mm. for me. Um, 
because I've been in different situations as well. I was a single mother in a difficult relationship with my first and I was struggling with other personal issues. And then with my second, it was over 40-year-old following miscarriage, you know, like in a new relationship, lots of different situations and severely depleted with my second. And then with my third, and also I must say with my second terrible breastfeeding advice which caused a huge amount of strain and stress and lack of sleep for both me and my child it was awful and then my third I was really well supported I was living in a smaller town and in England and I had an incredible network of local support even though I was kind of on my own while my husband and I was at work I had no family or not many friends around I had really good um, advice and mother's groups and that sort of thing So it was a completely different experience. So it's always different. That's what I've discovered is that even in my own same person experience, I've had three different. And then I just, the more women I speak to about this, the more I find that we really have to find our own path. You know, it's so personal and Mm -hmm. there's all this conditioning and there's all this kind of, I guess, socio-political and cultural kind of stuff that we're fed about what motherhood is supposed to look like and what how we're supposed to feel and you know what it means to be a good mother in inverted commas and and all those things and be a good girl like you were saying but at the end of the day it's up to us to work out what works how we navigate it what support we need and to find a way through and to accept that it will be imperfect you know, like it will be what it will be. And you can only do the best with what you have in your hands at any given moment. And I think it takes us some time to kind of recondition ourselves to that truth. I just feel like it's um, it's a hard process. And, when, and we don't have those sort of rites of passage or the support systems we had in the past. And so it can be very confusing and lonely. You know, did you ever feel lonely? Absolutely. And as you were saying that, I thought, you know, I think this is the beauty of your podcast, for example, as a resource, you know, the conversation we're having today, a lot of the conversations, you know, that I've heard in many podcasts, including my own. Um, and I actually started the podcast uh, when I was six weeks, I'd given birth to Charlie, my second, he was six weeks wow. old, and I was struggling so much. It was COVID, we were in Melbourne, it was lockdown. I just, yeah. I, you know, I just felt so out of control. And all I wanted to hear was, honest stories of how people were really experiencing parenting and I found as though there was a a lot out there around you know things to do and be mindful of and but I was like no I want to hear like the struggle give me the struggle because then I feel less alone in my struggle and it's not that I messed up this is just the journey and ever as you said everyone has their journey so um I think it's yeah really fantastic to sort of now vulnerability is sort of massively praised and uh, hopefully this culture around that what parenting should look like you know and that traditional lens is really changing because it is really messy and and that's okay I think it is um theoretically I still think on the ground in real day-to-day life, okay, in real time, you know, the day my son started school, Mm. he was struggling, right? He was struggling to, and I was going to say, this isn't only in the first year postpartum or in Mm. the first five years, we're talking 10, 20 years into Mm. motherhood. This stuff can still ring true. You can still find yourself depleted, lonely, you know, all of these things. And I think we often forget that. We think, well, I should be beyond this now. No, it continues, you know, Mm. and 
I do feel like that day that I walked into school with my son, and I've told this story before because it really, really affected me. Mm. He's five. He's struggling with this new environment. He's quite a deeply feeling child, fairly sensitive, Mm. also pretty resilient, but that was a big thing for him. There was a lot of noise. He doesn't like loads of noise because he feels it and hears it. He's really Mm. sensitive to music and sound. And so we're walking into the school and he's kind of cowering and these people were just coming at us like with the best of intentions going, how are you? Are you good? Are you excited? Mm -hmm. And it was like the only feeling we were allowed to have in that moment as decided by everybody there was good and excited. That was it. Mm -hmm. There was no open questions. There was no, how are you going? There was no coming down to his level or it was all just coming at us in this really big, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really struggled because I could see he was not feeling good or excited. He was feeling slightly overwhelmed and quite rightly Mm -hmm. having a bit of a feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and me too. And, uh, and it was Mm -hmm. like, here we were in the middle of this huge, it's a big school and, you know, big change. And I just thought, how do, why is there no space in this day for anything other than that, you know? Mm. And I think we do still have some way to go when it comes to allowing the full spectrum of experience in children and in parents, you know, day to day on the ground. If someone comes up to you and says, how are you? Unless they're a close friend, I certainly will generally say, oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? And put yeah. on a smile, mm. no matter how I'm actually feeling. Yeah. And I feel like it's actually a really radical act not mm. to do that still. Mm. Uh, I'd agree. And it is um, it is brave in a way. Like, I mean, how many people do you sort of say, oh, well, today, yeah, not feeling well because I just dropped my kid off to school and yeah. he's overly overwhelmed and I've yeah. just had a cry in the car and now yeah. I'm just counting down the hours till I can go see him again and make sure that he survived the day. Like, right. you know, how's your morning? You know, yeah. there's not many <laughs> exactly. people that, that will be absurd. open like that. That's right. right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> what did you do? How did you overcome it? Look, I think a lot of the answer to what we're talking about is being really clear about who you can do that with and having that trusted circle. I know yes. some of my trusted circle are people in real life, yes, but most of them honestly are as busy as I am yeah. and we don't see each other all that often because mm. of where we live, you know, we all work, we all parent, we all do all things. And so actually a lot of my support systems come from my online community, strangely yeah. enough. Yeah. I had a one hour conversation this morning with one of my buddies. I'm in a circle of, of business women mm. and these women save my soul, you mm. know, so it's a little bit about finding your supports. It's why I run a membership. It's why you have a podcast and coach. It's because we know that actually sometimes you don't find what you need in your day-to-day life, you know, or or it's not around when you need it. A hundred percent. And I think that's a really good thing. And going back to your point around loneliness, you know, parenthood can be kind of lonely because we are all really tied up, you know? Yeah. So where you're in your twenties and you you know, I lived in Bondi for a while in my twenties and every, all my mates were on the same street and off we go, oh, yeah. finish work, tapping oh, on each you. other's doors. Let's all, oh, did you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's such a community. And I was actually mm. only back there recently and I was nice. like, oh my goodness, like so many fond memories, but mm. that's different. I know what my friend ate for breakfast. And now, yeah. you know, I've got my best friend in the world who I 
I'm, I will text and, you know, but you're mindful. You're not going to pick up the phone and have a 30 minute conversation about your day because, no. hey, they're trying to put the kids to sleep and you're, you're juggling a million yeah. things. So in that respect, you sort of catch yourself and it's like, oh, do I, you know, it's, it's just yeah, not as easy. Hard. So therefore right. more lonely, you know, yeah. and, and as you said, unless you've got these different avenues to be able to communicate and share your vulnerabilities and things like that, it can be really tough. Yeah, I found that too. And I still do. Mm. It's not it's not like it goes away. I think, you know, my kids are 20, 10 and 6. Mm. And um, I rarely see the people I love the most. It's hard. You know, they I'll arrange sort of a lunch, you know what I mean? Mm. And it's a little bit about the way that um, like we were talking about earlier, because I like to do a lot of things, I actually don't prioritise social life that much anymore. You know, I've mm. got my family, I've got my work, I've got my martial arts And I sort of find that that fills my life pretty well. And in between those, I like having some downtime. So my social life is compressed into like maybe a a lunch every few weeks or go out for a drink on the odd occasion, you know, and that can be a really interesting experience. I don't know how you find that, but um, I'd love to hear how you've like, what happened to your social life when you became a mother? What was your... It's funny you say that because um, my social life was running red hot prior. I mean, I was a very (laughs) social person. I'm sort of work hard, play hard. So it's like I will work with such great intensity, but when I play, get out of my way, I'm coming through. It's a release. release And I needed that. And, um, you know, I had, yeah, I was very, and I I think as well, I, I went so hard and wanted to be the last person standing at the nightclub, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think because it was an escape, it was an Mm. escape from the critical mind. It was an escape from all the things, but then I'd be the first one in the morning to wake up. You know, we've got the botanical gardens here in Melbourne and I'd be like 6am, I had two hours sleep running the tan and then I'll go to the library and I'd start studying again. So every, you know, this is uni day. So everything I did was extreme until I burnt Mm. out and I had to manage that a little bit better. But um, the social thing, is interesting because I think I was speaking to someone more recently about this as well around I think I struggled so much during my pregnancy one of the factors was the social aspect I felt as though oh gosh I was one of the first in my crew I guess to fall pregnant me too and I was like oh right and you're like really hold on don't put all your Instagram photos up about your fabulous evening while I'm sitting here feeling fat and gross and tired and you know and I'm so jealous and I have FOMO that I'm not there too and 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 you just and then I'm so guilty for feeling jealous because I'm growing a human shouldn't you just be grateful and you go round and round as we were talking so the social thing was really really tough and I think you do find your feet particularly once the kids start being able to sleep and we're fortunate that we've got a few babysitters in the area and you know that's an absolute privilege and I I understand a lot of people don't necessarily feel comfortable leaving their children with other people or don't have the option to um we do and for me that was a mental health savior yeah you know but I I had to put the structures around me to make that work yeah it's a big thing to prioritize that time Mm. I know we we don't do that all that much we really love our kids and hanging out with our kids. So we we struggle a bit to go and do things without them. But mm. I would say once every two to three months, we just make sure we either have a night away or go out to a nice dinner or something. And we, I don't know how we make it happen, but we do, you know, yeah. <laughs> just do. Yeah. And um, I think you do, again, you find your own way. And it's, mm. it is, I, I do feel a bit similar to you in that I can be quite social. And then sometimes I go, where are all my people? You know, I don't see them anymore and it's hard and I miss them. And 
but I keep in touch, you know, and I think it's a, it's a small price to pay. That doesn't mean that it's um, easy. It doesn't mean that I find that straightforward. You know, I know when I had my first child, a bit like you, most of my friends were still childless. And so um, they all kind of just weren't in my life. They just kind of disappeared, you know, because yeah. they don't want to come and hang out with you while you're breastfeeding and making <laughs> bottles and, you know, whatever. Like that wasn't fun for them. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I really had a huge shift at that point and um, mm-hmm. a massive life shift, you know. And I think that is another part of that shifting identity that matrescence brings and that matrescence being the process of of change that you undergo as a mother. And I think it is part of that, isn't it, that I'm no longer that party girl. I'm no longer that person that can freely work hard, play hard, do whatever. So yeah. who am I, in fact, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it's quite, I just, I do think it's a really amazing opportunity. And I, I do notice, tell me if you notice this too, that women at that point often start to create a different vision for their lives or feel at least drawn to change careers or change living spots or like, what do you observe? Yeah. I mean, as you say that I was just thinking about myself and that's absolutely what I did. So for the, by the second child and my kids are only 18 months apart. So it felt like a, you know, a couple of years of just being pregnant the whole time. That's kind of how it felt and, uh, or dealing with newborns and things like that. And so by the second, I think I was really evaluating, okay, well, who am I? And Mm -hmm. for so long, and I was talking about my childhood earlier for so long, I was told to, you know, be good, uh, you know, get good grades. Academics was a big thing. Yes. I think particularly with migrants that, that there's a level of security there yes. in being, you know, getting certain academic grades. Yeah. To get to the uni, to get the solid job, to make money, to put roof over your head. So you just go down the safe path. And so that's what I did. Not really thinking about what do I want to do, you know? Mm. And I used to do a lot of drama when I was little and public speaking oh, and things I like that. I can see that for you. Right. Yeah. So, and I was always like, wouldn't that be cool? like in another life I might be like a tv presenter or something you know I was like that would be cool but then that's not serious that's not I mean gosh how do you you know definitely get you know good money from that I mean don't get me wrong the ones that you know do well do I mean it, it's it a is a great industry. career but it's a bit yeah. more risky than yeah. I was I became a management consultant you know oh, and that's a lot girl, safer yes that's right <laughs> went to the uni and went off to do that and um and so forced and then eventually ended up in property development um full circle from where my parents started that's but funny, uh funny how that happens but I, I had the two children and then I was like no I don't I don't want to do this. Like this is, I mean, yes, I do love my job, but there's got to be something more for me. And Mm. what about those passions as a child that I've blocked because of, you know, the environment that I've been in and playing Mm. it safe. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go, my kid's six weeks old, no better time, start a podcast. Let's get, you know, get on with it and start really trying to yeah, build those dreams that I had as a child. And so through that, you know, did the podcast and still got that. And from that, I had an opportunity to do a little bit of work with some brands. And now I'm doing a little bit of modeling and I'm doing, and all these things that that's the unsafe thing, remember? Like, you know, but here I am just a mid thirties, you know, part-time model. Like none of it makes sense to my parents. They're like, I don't get it. Why would you want to do that? Like, you know, but I'm like, I don't know why I want to do it, but I'm sick of explaining to people or rationalizing it or justifying it. Let me go off and be a mid thirties model. And I've got my job sort of thing. So yeah, it it really shifted for me big time. And parenthood was the reason for that. 
Yeah, because you felt like a calling, you know, some part of you. And I believe it's almost physical, like there's, a, you yes. know, a lot of movement right in the center of your being when you have a baby. And I think it does stir things up. You know, we carry stuff in our bodies. The body keeps yes. a score. And when we have a baby, everything shifts. And yeah. so I feel like sometimes it can stir your soul a little mm. bit, you know, and it sounds like you've answered that call. And that's something I want to encourage so many people to do because I feel like it makes us better. It makes us better able to support each other. It makes us better able to step into our roles as custodians, as parents, as mm -hmm. carers for the natural world, as people in society. If we're humming along on purpose, on our path, everything works better, oh. you know you're a happier person, you feel mm. more grounded in yourself. Don't get me wrong. There's a level of, uh, you know, can you do it all? Can you be it all when you've got, you know, you've got a tribe yeah. of kids uh, similarly. Uh, but I think it's not, it, there's, it's not easy, but there's a level of sacrifice because that day that I'm out doing a shoot or doing something for work is less time from with my children, right? However, mm. you've got to balance it from your mental health perspective to what's feasible for your family, et cetera. Um, mm. And I just think all in all, if you can try to, yeah, dabble in those passions as well yes. as be able to put food on the table, as well as, yes. you know, having that really quality, um, great quality time with your family, mm. it, 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 you, you never get one right. I think one always kind of will compete with the other. But as you said at the start, you just go with whatever flow, you know, yeah. you're feeling that day and you make it work, right? And it's not either or. And I think what's beautiful is that you're honouring the fact that we are multifaceted. We are not just one thing. We are not just a mother mm. or just a worker or just a model or yeah. We are all of those things and mm. it's up to us to determine it's the name of this podcast mm. to unbox ourselves, to take ourselves out of the boxes we put ourselves in, in order to explore those things. And every human on the planet, and I say this quite regularly, mm. it's a human right, authenticity, to be authentically who you are and to really express those multifaceted aspects of ourselves. Mm. It's a human right. It's not a privilege. It's something every human actually deserves. Mm. And it's something I think we've forgotten a little bit at times. And I hope that we're starting to remember. I hope that we're starting to allow that, you know, like you don't have to be a single category thing. That's right. And it is hard, particularly if you've been conditioned, uh, you know, in a way that you're, you feel as like, oh, how it's too hard. I can't mm. possibly consider doing that thing because I've got this thing. But I mean, it's even I, if I think of people who might have a corporate job, right, and it's a yeah. quite a strenuous corporate job, but they might have a vision to do, I don't know, some, like dancing or something, you know, maybe yeah. take that class on the weekend that you've That's always right. wanted to. There's why, you know, like yeah. you make it work if you really, really want to and if yeah. it's important enough for you. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, that all or nothing thinking I think sometimes stops us and prevents yeah. us and it's like a limiting belief that we can carry and it can really prevent us from accessing those wells of joy that we have the capability for. And I think sometimes, especially as women and like we're talking about, we have that sense and men have it too in a different way, but I can only speak about the woman version because that's what I am, right? But I do feel that sometimes we can think that, oh, well, I can't quit my job right now and go mm. and try that side hustle and turn into a business. Well, don't. Nobody's asking yeah. you to. You start from where you're at and you little by little, you know, I haven't 
I actually come and go being full-time in my business. I know some people will say like business coaches will say, if you're not doing it full-time, you're not taking it seriously. I actually disagree with that. I think that sometimes you need to honor where you're at in your life. And if it is a side hustle this week and then next week you can do it five days, well, good for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you do what works for you. You forward your own path. And that individualized approach of um, giving yourself permission to do it imperfectly, you know, mm. recovering perfectionists that we are. Yeah. I think that's really key piece. And it doesn't just because you're not doing it all the time, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Oh, 100%. It's up to you, you know. Exactly. And I had the experience of, I've got a younger sister. She's six years younger than me. She started a podcast about two years before I started mine, but hers was like, she's actually now got a podcast production agency. So she loved it so much. She built a whole business around it, but she had to your point around all, she went in all, she'd finished a degree. She'd actually applied to be a consultant, didn't actually get any jobs. And then it was a blessing because she went, okay, I'm going to do a podcast and travel the world. So she did that. And then, okay, I'm going to build a business. And all she did was focus on that one thing. And so I kept thinking, oh, I can't have a podcast because I can't just quit my job and, you know, and do what she did. Like, I don't, I've got a family, I've got, you get to put put food on the table. And so, and there was such a, I think a a couple of years back, do you remember? It was like, go find your passion, go for it, just quit everything, go. And it's just, there was such a culture of that, wasn't there? That all about. I'm like, I'm it's not, all or nothing thinking. All or nothing. Like, unless you've got a trust fund that you're sitting there going, I'm cushy, I can go ahead and do my Good passion. You, like, right? Most of us don't, right? I know. And I often say, I totally agree. And I, I often say that we have an infinite amount of energy, access to an infinite amount of energy in our lifetimes, okay? Mm. But in a day, it's finite. Yeah. In a, in a day, we have a certain amount of energy mm-hmm. and we need to be very careful about what we do with it when we have other people that depend on us for their well-being. Yes. Yeah. So how you choose to do that, how you mm-hmm. choose to divvy up your energy, yeah. you know, um, more power to you, like whatever that looks like go for it. I say mm. like me today, you can probably see I've got these little bags under my eyes. I woke up this morning and just went, Oh my gosh, I'm completely exhausted. You know, like, and mm. I'm just doing the bare minimum today. Yeah. I had plans of heaps of others. This is, this is why I can't do to-do lists because they just, <laughs> my energy changes too much, you know, like yeah. too many other things at play. Yeah. So I sort of have worked out a way to flow with that and just be really gentle with myself and and center my own needs, you know. Mm. And I think that energy piece is is fundamentals. And again, I think, uh, you know, you're in a position where perhaps you could ever flow a little bit. Let's think about those who, yeah, need to do the nine to five, for example, be at a desk. So in that case, if that person, let's call it, wants to do a podcast, I'm just as an example or another initiative that they're passionate about, um, what I guess I would recommend is, okay, work out what your work is going to look like for the coming months and your busy times and then the not so busy times. And in those not so busy times, you know, do what you need to do, but save that bit of energy so that when you get home or when you're on your lunch break or when you can do 
focus on that passion, right? So don't feel as though you have to go gung-ho on that one job that you've got because, yeah, sometimes you might have to put in 110% and that's fine. But other times there are downtimes, speaking as someone who's been in the corporate world, for example, so then you want to sort of use that extra bit of energy towards your passion. And that's how I started because I had a very demanding job and I still do, but Mm. I know, and I'm the organized one. So during, you know, in my morning, I sit there going, right, I'm going to carve out what kind of tasks and things I want to do or what are my priority things? What are my top three priorities? And let's just try and hit those and everything else is a nice to have. And it is pretty strategic about how I go about it. But similar to what you're saying, if you're not that kind of person, being mindful that I don't need to feel guilty if I'm not putting in 110% in that job 24 seven, because trust me, you know, you don't have to, it will ebb and flow. Yeah, it does. And, and I also feel like sometimes when you get it right, you know, when you manage to rest enough mm-hmm. and do enough, when you do the stuff you love, it kind of energizes you. It oh. kind of actually leaves you with more energy, which is interesting. And I think starting to observe what are the things that lift me up mm. that just make me feel like I'm walking on air and just like feed my bliss. Yeah. Well, that's the stuff you want to do more of, you know, maybe over time, maybe not immediately, but it's learning that awareness and learning to exercise those choices according to that awareness mm. is so powerful. I found that today as well. Like I just went, okay, well, there's certain things that I know I need to do that they can probably wait. But I know that if I do this thing and it's going to, I'm going to feel really good. So I sat down and had a really beautiful lunch with slow cooked meal and, you know, took some time, nearly forgot that I had this appointment, then went, oh my gosh, I've got this appointment. And I know because of the way that we talk, that when I get off this call, I will feel raised up, you know, because speaking to a like-minded person with similar values, we can feel very raised up. Yes. And, um, and that certainly is why I love the podcast and why I love to talk to women like you, you know, on this level and this very real kind of, okay, day to day, how the heck are we doing this, you know, sort of level. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. And it's also, you know, during the day thinking about when is your low time? So for me at three o'clock, I'm oh, yeah. really feeling yuck and ugh. And I know now at three o'clock, I like to just even put on a 10 minute um, meditation. For me, that's yeah, my thing. Yours that's might cool. be stand in the sun and I don't know, like look at your phone. But the point is break, break the cycle. Don't feel as though you need to push yeah. through and, you know, sit in that yuck energy because to your point, if you can find the good energy in whatever that looks like, it will raise you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. And honoring your own energy movements, you know, like understanding that we are human, we are just really coping as best we can in a given moment. And the more we can honor that, I think the better off we are preaching to the converted. Well, I don't know, Leonie, I could really talk to you for hours and hours, but I know that we both have a lot on our list today. Probably need to go and have a meditate or a little relax. I like to lie in my bed and read a book sometimes in the middle of the day. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so um, please tell me and tell the listeners of this podcast, more importantly, where they might find you. Yeah, so we are pretty much most heavily on Instagram. So it's just at Parenthood Pod, um, Pod as in P-O-D. And yeah, then obviously from there, you'll be able to access any podcast episodes as well. Yeah, and look, have a listen because, you know, you're doing great stuff, Leonie. And I love the fact that you are working in a space of honesty and vulnerability. It's like very, very important for the mental health and the well-being of women everywhere. So thank you for coming on today. 
right back at you. And thank you for having me. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Bye for now. Bye. This podcast is produced independently and made just for you. So if you have enjoyed it, please do leave me a review and you can put in the review a request for a topic or even a nomination for a particular guest if you would like me to interview someone in particular. Thank you so much for your support. If you really love it, uh, you can also share it and subscribe to it and follow it. See you soon.